0: Young people, those of you that are single, God knows what you need in your life. And if you hurry, and if you make a mistake, you're going to get into a relationship that might destroy your life. That's why God has given us his word so that we can be obedient to the word of God. He gives us instruction. He's educating us so that we don't make the same mistakes of the past.
1: Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. It's great to have you with us today for our continuing study of God's perfect design for marriage. Today, Raul will take us to the Garden of Eden to reflect on the first union of a husband and wife and the Lord's plan for a lifelong, fully devoted relationship. As you keep listening, you'll see that regardless of your current marital status, you can honor God with trust and obedience in this area of your life. Let's listen as Raul Reese begins the lesson, the first marriage.
0: There are so many people divorcing, and there may be a lot of people here this morning Sitting and those listening through the radio that have been divorced or thinking of getting a divorce or in the process of divorcing their husband or their wife. And yet, if you're a Christian, the Bible is very specific. And what I want to do is, I want you to understand that what's in the past before we came to Christ is buried, gone. Forever, and when we become new creatures in Jesus Christ, all things become brand new, and then we're held accountable for our lives, to give an answer to God one day. And one of the things that just really blew me away as I was preparing for this weekend, this whole week, is watching and just really remembering how sacred marriage is. And yet, it's really important that we understand that if we're going to be Christians, if we're going to be salt and light, and we're going to be the church of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, then we need to have an understanding biblically what God says in His Word. And first of all, in the book of Malachi, God says that He hates divorce. That's in the Bible. He hates divorce. And there may be many of you here today that maybe are thinking of separating or maybe divorcing. Or maybe you're already in the process legally of a divorce. And many of you may be already legally divorced. But what is God's plan for my life? What does God really want to do in my life? And I wanted to take the time to take you back to the book of Genesis. And the reason for that, the title of my message is the first marriage in the Bible. Because when we look at the world today, we can see that there are a lot of marriages and families in trouble today. Did you know that the church today has 59% divorce? 59% as much as the world. And we're supposed to be the light and salt of the world. We're supposed to set the example. And this is one of the reasons that I want to take this time to go through Matthew chapter 19. But at the same time, take you back to the book of Genesis at the beginning. Where God established and gave to us the first marriage before the law was ever given to Moses. I like that. Before the law was given to Moses. Why? Because in Matthew chapter 19, the Pharisees, which were the spiritual leaders of that time, very legalistic, had come to Jesus and asked him a question, if it was honorable for a man to divorce his wife for any reason. Why? Because in the Old Testament, in the book of Exodus, he begins to establish the laws or the Ten Commandments. And when he begins to establish the law of marriage, Jesus says to the Pharisees, the reason that it says that you are to give her a writing of divorce is because of the hardness of your hearts. Why? Because number one, in the Old Testament, women were not honorable to men. They were not honored by men. They were like slaves. You cook for me and you do what I tell you. And when you walk, you walk behind me, not in front of me. They controlled. These practices are still practiced today in Islam. In some of these countries in the Eastern culture, where women have to wear veils, women cannot dress modestly like American women or European women. And they take care. And when you go to Israel, which we're going next year, you'll blow your mind when you go with us. Because on our way from Jericho up to Jerusalem, there's always the Bedouins over to the left and to the right of the road. And what's always amazing to me, looking outside of those windows, is to see the little children, the little girls, and the women, as they're not only taking care of the flocks of sheep and goats... In that culture, even today in Israel, the men sit around, they smoke these pipes, they drink coffee, and they converse with other men while the women do all the work. So women, you've come a long ways because of Christ, and because of Paul the Apostle, because of the New Testament. But in that culture, women were not treated with respect, you see, And so we need to understand our position in Christ, but we need to know also our position as husband and wife, and you know to know your position as a single person too. Why? Because when you read the Bible, the Word of God, you need to read 1 Corinthians chapter 7 when you go home today. In chapter 7 of 1 Corinthians, Paul sets up singleness, separation. If there's a marriage problem, he talks about widows that lose their husbands or their wives, what you do biblically. And it's really important that you understand that there are people, young men, young women, that have the gift of singleness and they'll never get married. There are people like that. That's not my gift. But there are people that have that gift. I had aunts that had that gift. They never got married. And it's really important that we understand that marriage is ordained by God. You're not supposed to go out in the computer and get on a website and look for a wife or a husband. You're not supposed to do that. You're not even supposed to look for a husband or wife. The Bible says that God will bring your wife to you, biblically, if you're a Christian. And then how many times in choosing you make the wrong choice? And the marriage becomes a hell. And it's not God appointed. Man, we need to learn our lessons. If you're fighting at home and you're arguing, and you're neglecting or abusing your privilege in Christ, then what's going to happen is your children will turn against you. And they will turn against God. And this is happening more and more every single day in the church. That's why I want to encourage you to really stand by the Lord. Allow God to work in your life. When you go back to the Old Testament as we're going to be in the New Testament again. In the book of Genesis, he sets up the actual foundation for marriage. Let's look at this today. First, let's go back to chapter 2, verses 18 to 25 of Genesis. We begin with the first observation in verse 18 of chapter 2. Is now God began to create the heavens and the earth. Then as God began to create the heavens and the earth. And, and then the fall of Satan came. And everything was chaotic. And then as God created man. And God had created the animal kingdom. And this beautiful garden of Eden. All of a sudden in verse 18. We see here the beginning and the plan of God for man. First of all. Notice verse 18. And the Lord God said, it's not good that a man should be alone. I love that. First of all, those of you that are single, young. Notice what it says here. That God doesn't want you to be alone. He knows your loneliness. He sees your singleness. He knows what you're going through. He's not sleeping. He's fully aware of what's going on. And God decides here as he's speaking, he said, it's not good that man should be alone. Why? I will make him a helper. Notice that comparable to him. Now imagine here is Adam in the garden of Eden. As God has created him in his own image, as we will see in a moment. And God gives them the priority of walking around in the intelligence to be able to name every animal in the Garden of Eden. And when Adam is standing there, when God creates Adam, he doesn't look like a giraffe or an elephant or a lion or any kind of a monkey. It says that God created him in the image of God created Adam. The higher level. We're not in the animal level. We are in God's level. In God's image we were created. And that's why it's really important for us to understand that as God is sitting there. He's looking at the loneliness of man. Then God says, "Look, I can see through man, and even though I gave him power over the Garden of Eden, and even to pronounce every animal to name them, yet God saw that He was lonely. He was alone. He had nobody comparable to him in the Garden of Eden."
1: This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. It's our privilege to walk alongside you on your daily journey with the Lord Jesus. Call us at 800-634-9165 or visit us at somebodylivesyou.com for life-shaping resources, including this comprehensive marriage series on an MP3 flash drive. Here's Roll once again with the final part of our study, The First Marriage.
0: And check this out. This is amazing. Observation number two. God's authority given to men here. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field, every bird of the air, and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. Notice the authority that is given to Adam. He's not even existing yet. He's alone. He's walking around this beautiful Garden of Eden, man. That must have been amazing. Somewhere in Iraq, that's where the Garden of Eden used to be. Imagine how beautiful it must have been. Walking around in the presence of God. He is in the presence of God 24-7. God is his friend. And look what it says. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. God gave him the authority and the power to call out the names. God gave him the intelligence to do that. And then he said what? Verse 20. So Adam gave names to all the cattle, to all the birds of the air, to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found, here it is again, a helper comparable to him. Wow. Notice how God is aware of our needs. Young people, those of you that are single, God knows what you need in your life. He knows. And if you hurry, and if you make a mistake, you're going to get into a relationship that might destroy your life. I think of all the young girls that get pregnant, and they go and get abortions, and they kill over 40 million babies already. And I think of the pain that grandparents go through when they see their grandbaby being aborted. That's why God has given us his word so that we can be obedient to the word of God. He gives us instruction. He's educating us so that we don't make the same mistakes of the past. To live in the present and look into the future biblically sound in our minds and our hearts. And I think of how many people in this church and those listening to the airwaves today that are right now on their way to church or on their way to the beach on the way to the mountains or wherever they're going, and all of a sudden, you know, they hear a message like this, and they know that they have divorced their wife or their husband. And by the way, Jesus in Matthew 19 says to the Christian that if you ever divorce your wife or your husband, there's only one thing legally you can do, and that is if he or she commits adultery. And there's two things you can do you can forgive or you can leave biblically. That's it. Read it. Jesus goes on to say, anybody that divorces without adultery, but you just leave your wife or your husband and there's no real sin in the marriage and you get married to somebody else, the rest of your life you live as an adulterer. You better read your Bible. The Bible's clear. And the Bible says no adulterers will inherit the kingdom of God. That's why Jesus Christ came to fulfill the law. He came to give forgiveness. Otherwise, may we be a lot of people going to hell today. God's grace, God's love, God's mercy. That is given to us. So it's really important that I understand that as here, God is setting the tone, Moses is the writer. In the first marriage in the Bible, we saw, first of all, the first observation, God's plan for men. Secondly, the authority given to men. And notice the third thing that is amazing here. The third observation here. The creation of woman. Here it is. He says, and then the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. Imagine, here is Adam... Over the whole Garden of Eden, and all of a sudden, God is going to do major surgery. God could have spoken woman into being. Woman be. Boom, there it is. Just like he did with Adam. Adam was full grown, one day old. But then here's Adam, and what does God do? He puts him into a deep sleep, and check this out what he says, and then he slept, and then he took one of his ribs. And he closed up the flesh in its place. What do you mean he took one of his ribs? Did you know that in the Hebrew, there's no word for rib? It means a curved side or literally a blood transfusion. That's what it says. But you notice that God did not take the woman because God had respect for woman too. That God took the woman not from the top of man's head so that he could rule over her and abuse her. Or put her at the bottom of his feet. But he took her right from the side of the closest place of his heart. And God gave man the authority to rule over his wife. Not lording over his wife. But loving her and taking care of her. We'll get to that in Ephesians chapter 5. It's important that you understand what he says. Look what he says. And the Lord God caused a deceit to fall upon Adam. He slept and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in his place. And then the rib which the Lord God had taken from the man. What did he do? He made a woman. In the Hebrew, the word for man is ish. I-S-H. And you added A to the woman. ishah The woman was created right out of man. God knew what he was doing from his own flesh. It's amazing how the Bible just speaks to our hearts and why Jesus is so strict about marriage and divorce. He created them in God's image. And now he says he took the woman out of the heart of man and he creates this woman, Isha. Here she is, and here is Adam now waking up from surgery. Look what it says. It's amazing. Verse 22, and then the rib which the Lord God had taken from the man and made it into a woman, he brought her to the man, and watch this, observation number four, God's finished work. Verse 23, and Adam said, this is not bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh, she shall be called Isha, woman, because she was taken out of Ish, men. Notice that. I don't think that he was just saying that. I think when he looked at her, he said, wow, man, this is heavy. She was beautiful, man. He was kind of like, whoa, man, this is not like giraffes or like monkeys. She was beautiful. They hadn't fallen yet. And imagine what it must have been like to be alone in the Garden of Eden. All of a sudden, here is your partner now. And he's checking around. And they're going to become one, not two people. Because of marriage. God ordains marriage at the beginning. Not to live together. Without getting married. That's sinful. Not to use a woman sexually or a man sexually. And then dump them. Or just to get married so you can enjoy yourself sexually or whatever. But when God puts somebody together, male and female, the Bible says what? Until death do us part. So help me God, I will. Till death. When Adam saw Eve, he was blown away because here now is part of him. She becomes part of him. And check this out. What he says, verse twenty-three. And Adam said, This is not bones of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, notice, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be glued unto his wife, and the two shall become what? One flesh. You leave home to be with your husband and your wife. The word here that is used to become one or to be joined is the word glued. You go in the garage, you take two by fours, you glue them together, let them sit for a while with vices there, a couple days, come back and try to take them apart. You can't. Take a hammer and chisel, put it in the middle and you whack it and it splits. What happened to the smooth wood? Now it's all splintered. That's what divorce does. It splinters the family. Splinters the relationship. It messes up people. That's why he says, when Adam and Eve came together, God glued them together to become not two pieces of wood, one piece of wood. And yet today, we have more divorces. 59% in the church are divorcing. Because you met somebody at the gym that was nicer than your husband or your wife, at the office, at the grocery store, through the internet, all these things. And what happens to your children? What happens to your grandchildren when you become a grandfather or grandmother? It's really important that you look at longevity, not short time, but what's going to happen in the future. Right now you might be a teen, you may be in your young age, or maybe in your middle of your 30s and 40s, or maybe now your 50s and through 70s. Your life is just about over. And you have to think of one thing, that one day everybody will stand before God. And you have to give an account. You'll have to be accountable to God. You can't make excuses that you made here. Because God sees right through you. Adam waited and God blessed him. Eve came into the picture to become one with Adam. And the next verse it says, and they were both naked and they were not ashamed. Why? Because sin had not entered into the garden of Eden yet. A perfect state. They were happy. Running around naked. Didn't even know they were naked. The innocence of nakedness here. And it's really important that we understand that sin always corrupts marriage. But you guys that are married going out to nightclubs, bars... And even sometimes in the gym or wherever you may be, if you're not really faithful to God, then you're not going to be faithful to your wife or to your children. And same thing for the women. You've got to be faithful to God and to your wife and to your husband to your children. Because one day you will have to stand in the presence of God and give an account of your life. Very important. Marriage is sacred, divine by God.
1: Today, we've seen that from the very beginning, God's plan was for a husband and wife to completely submit to each other, growing together in faith and love. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. To review today's lesson, call us at 800-634-9165 and ask for Raul's teaching titled The First Marriage. We'll send you an unedited copy for a donation of $5 or more. Now, as you think about the Lord's original design for spouses, we'd like to offer you our entire 20-part marriage series on an MP3 thumb drive. This collection also features a special marriage interview with Raul and his wife, Sharon, guiding you through the Bible's wisdom and instruction for a God-honoring relationship. You'll gain insight into how you and your spouse can enjoy the Lord's richest blessings. To order Rawls' 20-part marriage series, including the bonus interview with Sharon, visit SomebodyLovesYou.com or call 800-634-9165. We'll send your USB flash drive for a gift of $30 or more. The number, once again, is 800-634-9165. To order by writing us, our mailing address is Somebody Loves You Radio, Post Office Box 4440 Diamond Bar, California, 91765. This is a listener-supported ministry, and we want to thank you for your partnership. Your generous tax-deductible gifts help keep us on the air sharing the good news of the gospel. Join us next time for our continuing focus on God's plan and purposes for husbands and wives. You'll get a challenge to avoid the world's lax view of marriage and nurture your spouse with an understanding of the sacredness of your relationship. I am in love with you. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.